Welcome back to segment number three in the second series on the power-filled voice of the blood of Jesus. Yes, I got it right. All right, I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee of the Stounding Love of Global Church Fellowship, and we're going to dive right in and continue on with the discussion and the teaching that we're gleaning from the Holy Spirit about the power-filled voice of the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this time. I thank you for a listening ear and a heart that is resting in you, Holy Spirit, that you are speaking to us, you're causing deliverance. The voice of the blood of Jesus is speaking and it's releasing power into our lives, bringing about your desired change for us. And we praise you and we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to, in honor of the holiday season, one of my favorite songs is Do You Hear What I Hear? And I remember talking about this in the first uh, series that we did. I'll call it the Red Sweater series. But I want to come back to talking about the words that the blood of Jesus speaks, the decrees that it makes. And we're going to pose a couple of questions and you get your opportunity to go to the Lord and get your own answers. And We'll find out what it is I'm going to say because I don't have any actual notes on, on things like this as of yet. But I want to ask you, because we said that the voice, that the blood speaks, and we know that that comes uh, from the word of God in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24, that talks about how the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than the blood of Abel. So now that we know that the blood speaks, it has a voice, it talks, the blood preaches, the blood says, it tells, and it utters the truth about itself, and it utters the truth about you, how God sees you and I. The blood emits a sound, and it art utters um, articulate words. It actually speaks the same things as the word of God. And so that word comes from a Greek word, which I, I don't think, well, why not? Let's just go do it, okay? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. And let us look at verse 24, where it says that his blood speaks of better things than of Abel. And I was just giving you, or speaketh, if we were going to do King James. So that word is laleo, and I just gave you the definitions of it. It means to speak, to tell, to talk, to say, to utter, uh, to again, to preach, to make, to emit a sound and to utter a voice. So there's a distinctive voice and it's going to sound like the voice of God. It's going to sound like the king. And so this is what that word means that the blood has, it articulates. I wanna ask, can you recognize the voice of his blood? Do you ever hear his voice within you? It's going to, because it's a sound, it's going to resonate. It's going to utter a, a level, if you would, a sound, that you can, that you and I are meant to rise to the level to match the sound. You might say pitch. That that uh, in music, whether you have harmony or melody, the voices are supposed to blend together. And every voice that comes from heaven is going to be in the same flow, in the same melody. It's going to set a pitch, which is a a sound that you hear that we are to rise to. It, it brings us from the lower elements, the low pitch to the high pitch. And I'm talking crystal clarity. 
something that is so utterly beautiful that it shatters all aspects of darkness. In that sound will be light, will be that shreds darkness. There will be um, lightning, if you will. Fire is in the sound of the blood of Jesus. How do I know? Because this is the sound of heaven, because the Bible tells us, it, it tells you that when Jesus said that, or John said that the one that was coming would baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. So the sound of the blood of Jesus is going to have the sound of heaven's fire. It's going to have the sound of heaven's water. It's going to have the sound of the word of heaven. It's going to sound like the song of the Lord. It's going to emit the frequent, the words frequency and sound and so forth. They're used a lot. But it's also going to do something else. It's going to train you and I, our minds, to have an expectation of the goodness of God when you are used to listening and, if you will, even vibrating, which means that the, the, that you respond to the sound, that when you hear it, it sets a pace. Uh, it, it, this is called entrainment, actually. But the stronger will set the pace for the for the weaker and so that you and i we will go in the flow of the blood and every place that it moves as it moves from the right to the left or it goes straight we will move with the blood in the flow like you were in water and it's going to carry you to where you need to be all of these things it's not um it's not physics as the world defines it, but it, 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 it's, and even when they call it, refer to quantum physics, it's the laws of the spirit of life, that life raises us up. It takes us in the flow of where it's going and it eradicates, eliminates, quashes, destroys, demolishes everything that gets in its way. And so this is what we are blessed to be a part of when we get in the flow, when we move in the direction of the water of the word or to move in the direction of the flow of the blood of Jesus. This, I believe, is also when Zephaniah says that he joys over you at singing because the blood sings. It, it sings of our victory. It has to sing heaven's song because everything in heaven merges together, blends together. So one aspect of the character of God is going to be uh, found in another aspect of him. And everything I'm talking about, when we say it's spirit, it's Jesus. He, His blood is him. He is the life. He is the way. He's our truth. He's all of these different things. So you're going to see that the blood is going to take on the person. It It, it is a personification, if you will. It is the representation of the person and everything he did, everything he is, his blood is too. There's an old expression, blood will tell. And what that really meant, it's a reference point for wherever you came from, whatever the blood is that you've come from, you will eventually, your behaviors, your words, your actions, something is going to prove or show what blood you are of. And the blood of Jesus will tell, it will talk. It will talk on your behalf. It will call you, it calls us redeemed. It calls us out of darkness. It calls us out of bondage. It decrees and claims us and says that we belong to God. Everything that you find in the word of God that talks about the identity, the rescue, the deliverance, 
and so forth and so on. The life of God, the blood is speaking. That's what he's saying because it's only going to say what the Father has said. And it's only going to back up, if you will, or I should say support. It's only going to manifest that which God has said. The blood of Jesus is the will of God made known to us. And 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 so on and on it goes. So can you recognize the voice of his blood when you experience sickness, when you experience doubt, when you experience debt, when you experience lack, when you experience mental or emotional attacks, when you experience death, when you experience a bad day, do you listen for the sound of the blood of Jesus? Do you hear the cry of your redemption? Do you hear the rescue? Do you hear the joy that is singing through him? And, and all of those things are possible to hear through his blood. Uh, do you know what it says about you? It's going to say what the word does. And this is why I was talking about my, the song, Do You Hear What I Hear? Do you hear? Do you know? what he's saying. Did you know that the blood of Jesus sings, that your sins are not just covered? We talked a little bit before about uh, the difference between an atonement and a blasting away of forgiveness of sin, a removal of the darkness from your life. Your sins are not just covered. You are washed and cleansed free of all of the, by, uh, of all sin by his blood. And this is what the uh, the scripture tells us, because what he did, he did once for all. And that is also in Hebrews chapter 7, verses 25 through 27, where it says that he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. And they only come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. So you understand that the blood intercedes for such a high priest was fitting for us who is holy harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. You see, this is the quality of the blood. That's why it's so precious. He does not need, we do, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins, and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. So the blood is always testifying about the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it doesn't ever have to be done again. It was one time for all times. So uh, another question, do you believe what the blood says about you? So I asked, do you, do you trust it really is what I'm saying. Do you know what it says? Do you believe what it says? Can you recognize the voice of his blood? And if you, if you don't, if you can't, then it's time for you to Enter in, again, speaks of intimacy, into a dialogue with the Holy Spirit who has been sent to us and say to him, I'm ready to hear the song of the blood. I'm ready to hear the sound, the voice of the blood, because it needs to speak to my blood. It needs to speak to my mind. It needs to speak. It, I, I, the washing, the cleansing, the cleaning, these are all a part of that. And I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure in the next series that we do, we will really deal with defilement, but we're going to deal with it very differently. And when I say deal, I mean, we're going to deal with it. We are not just going to talk about it. We're not going to have a cute little chat about these things, but we are going after uh, something. Let me tell you something about me. I am a, um, I, I like to I like to destroy works of darkness. I, I very much like the power of heaven 
to crush, to kill, to destroy. I wonder if you can guess what year I'm from. Um, but to destroy the works of darkness. And I love to see the annihilation of evil from the lives of other people. So I have zero tolerance for bondage. And I have walked in enough of it over the years that I realized I was only in it because I did allow it. And when I found out I did not have to, then I became, I went on a mission. I want to make sure that it's gone from my life and from those that I care for. So if I'm your intercessor, honey, I am your intercessor. And it means that I'm going to listen for what the Lord says, and I'm going to pray what he wants prayed, and I'm going to say what he wants said. I don't like to see you go through stuff that is unnecessary. We already have struggle without the unnecessary kind, which is the kind that we have tolerated instead of going after. And I don't believe in partial deliverance. I believe in breaking the tape like you were in a race and then running the victory lap, which is not only did I hit the uh, take the arrow, if you will, and strike once or twice or three times, but I want to utterly destroy the enemy. That's a part of, I, I, I am mission-minded. And that's something that to me, it's like, look, if we're going to do it, let's do it for real. If we're going to get in engage in this thing, then let's do it all the way. Let's not leave anything. See, I believe in cutting off the head and chopping it up into pieces and putting it in a grinder and turning it into powder and dust and throwing it into the water or trampling all over it, separating it so that it can never find itself again. I believe that when you pray a prayer over somebody and you call them delivered, that you let it be known to the principalities and powers you are never to return again. You will never again have influence in these these people's lives. Once this assignment has been destroyed off of your life, I mean broken off of your life, no, we don't break it. We destroy it. This is what the Bible tells you in Isaiah. It says that the yoke was destroyed. People say, well, the anointing breaks the yoke. I don't read that in my Bible. I read that the yoke was destroyed by the anointing. Destroyed means there. And remember, that means, you see, darkness has no resurrection promise. So when you're gone, you're gone. It's dead, dead, utterly dead, utterly destroyed, never to return. And so that's the, the heart of the champion, our Jesus. This is the way he operates. And let me throw this in there because I'm thinking about it right now. In Matthew chapter 4, where we read about the temptations of Jesus. And we read about how Satan said, do this and do that and the other. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is written, man, it is written, it is written, man, you do not tempt the Lord your God and so forth. And finally, he just said, get away from me, Satan. He said, back off, be gone. And the Bible tells you, let's go ahead and go over there because somebody needs to hear this. More than one somebody, I would guess. I, when I heard it, it actually just blessed me. When I heard it from the Holy Spirit a couple of weeks ago, I think it was now. In Matthew chapter 4, we know verse 4. That's one that I use a lot with uh, things that are happening because I have overcome obesity and I've overcome gluttony and overcome these things. And my, my physical being is manifesting the changes that are on the inside. You can do an outward transformation if you want to, but you can't stay changed if you're not changed on the inside. If your thinking does not align with Christ, if you're doing, you're saying doesn't in line with his mind and with the ways of heaven, then you can do a whole lot of outwardly uh, surface kind of things, but you're going to struggle to stay 
in victory. There is no struggle when you walk in obedience to the word of God and you submit, yield, open yourself to allow his word to dwell in you, to impregnate you and to, and to birth out of you an obedient son, you know? And, and so, no, there is no struggle when you choose to obey. The struggle is about obeying. Food becomes, or, or money or, or whatever it is, if you have it as an idol in your life, then you have to realize that means that you've turned it into a God and you have submitted to its power to do what it tells you to do. But the Bible tells you, no, it's not supposed to have that. This is what the blood of Jesus is saying. No, it does not have victory over you. Remember, we said this before, you don't owe sin your allegiance, which means you don't owe it your obedience. That goes to the one that saved you, not the one that's trying to destroy you. So no, the struggle, there is a real struggle, but I'm here to tell you that the overcoming power coming from the place of victory, which the blood of Jesus provides, coming from the seated place in the heavenlies, in Christ Jesus means his weaponry, his, his point of view, his perspective and his strategic ways are what will operate out of you. And every day we get better at being able to express the life of God into the atmosphere, into the circumstances, into the scenarios and situations. And every day we get stronger with the ability to be able to see it from heaven's point of view and therefore bring an end to things without having to go through the all the, tell me your name, identify yourself, do this, do that. I mean, there was a time that you did that, but then there comes a day when you don't care what its name is. You're going to give it the name that is above every name and the rest of the stuff stays under your feet. So you grow in your maturity, you grow in your understanding and things that people did 20, 30, 40 years ago that were more flesh than they were spirit power. We bypass all of that. I don't ridicule anybody. I don't fault find with anybody. But when you find the more excellent way, when the spirit of the Lord gives you an understanding of how he does things, then you let go of everything else. Paul put it this way, forgetting those things which are behind me. I'm going to press in. I'm going to make my mark in, in the sense of obeying him and doing it the way he wants it done. And that's what we're saying is this is the kingdom way, not the religious way. This is the way of the Lord, not the man-made remedies, not the one-day revelation that somebody wrote 20 books on and to try to turn it into, into something else. Whatever I hear him say, I'm going to say. Whatever I see him do, that's what I'm going to do because that is the strategy that Jesus established that brings about victory and the will of God being made known in every situation. That's what his blood speaks. Do what I say. Do what you hear and say what, say what I say. Uh, do what I do. And he works on the inside of us to get that done. So here in Matthew 4, he said, if you are, the devil took him up, verse five, into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. So he took Psalm 91 and he kind of put it together. But Jesus said to him, because, and this is the importance of letting the word dwell in you, to know when somebody is trying to create a false belief, to 
take you in the place of religion. Do you know that you never have to prove the power of God is at work in your life? Did you know that you never, ever have to prove to anybody that you were born from above, that you are a son of God? You don't have to prove that. Satan is saying, if you're really this one, then show me. You don't answer to the devil. He answers to God and, and, and God through you. You speak what God says. You don't try to explain to somebody that, that doesn't want to hear you something. And I'm going to read something actually that, that, um, uh, that I think is very powerful. But let me get to this. So Jesus said to him, it's written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And again, the devil took him up on an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all its glory. This is where a lot of people get caught in their insecurity. When they see all the stuff that they think is going to make them somebody. And uh, he said to him, all these things I'll give you if you'll fall down and worship me. Make these things your idol. Fall down and worship me by wanting these things more than you want what God said. And Jesus said, away with you, Satan, for it is written, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Now, in this version, uh, it says the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. And I think it might be in Luke where it said uh, that Satan left him uh, to, 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 to get a, um, to come back at a better time or something along those lines. Okay. But um, what, what I wanted to say to you is he did, he does try to come back. And the reason that he does it is, uh, or how he does it. This is what I, what I heard the Lord was saying, you know, the way that Satan came back to try to tempt Jesus again, the way that he came back to try to, um, to get him was through people. Every time you and I have a victory against darkness and it, you tell it to be gone and it departs, it tries to come back, but it comes back through people. What do I mean? People that are well-meaning but say, hey, you don't have to go to all these extremes. You don't have to follow this to do God, this, you know, to, to follow after God this way. You, you, you know, you can, don't be so hard on yourself. Don't do this, don't that. And I, I do agree, don't be hard on you. Be hard on sin. Don't condemn yourself. Speak to the thing that's already condemned. Don't uh, try to give yourself the focus. Uh, um, you know, uh, the, in, in the sense of the, the accusations about your uh, lack of, of control or this or the other. Don't, don't speak Satan's words to you or about you. Only speak God's. He will try to come back through your emotions, through your experiences with other people, you kind of get upset with them because they said this or they find fault with the things. And when you're determining that you're going to follow the ways of the kingdom and people say you don't have to do all that to follow God and, and so forth and so on, uh, how you feel about it, your emotions, um, it, it's all an attempt to get you to do one of those three things, overeat if, you, if that's what your thing is or starve yourself because you don't like the way this is or try to go after the things of this world in order to be able to look like you're somebody. But there's always, you, you, you got to listen. And if the blood of Jesus doesn't testify of the truth of it, if the word of God does not align with it, if you cannot find what they're saying to align with what God has said, you may find something in a story, uh, uh, even a biblical account, 
but you've got to look for what God said. You have to look for what the direction or the intention of the Father, because that's where your meat, that's where your power resides. It's in the words that God has spoken, not the words that man has spoken. Even if that man is you, even if you are the one looking at yourself, I, I, I just, I can go there a lot, but I want to share something with you. And this is out of um, the, the workbook of the this miracle of the scarlet thread. And it's just a couple of quotes that, um, that, that Dr. Booker, Dr. Richard Booker uh, had. And I mentioned this book is one of the resources that I studied out of, but when he was talking about, um, the blood of Jesus. He said, the only thing that will revive the people of God is to spiritually pump the blood of Jesus back into our lives. He says, a transfusion and a revelation of his blood will empower us to godly living that will change our lives and the lives of those around us. So he's talking about, we're talking about the same thing, that transfer of power. What I'm trying to say is it's like Oh, the, the, the vein is there. I mean, the needle was in the vein. Turn the valve and let the blood move this other stuff out. He said, because many ministers have pumped his blood out of their sermons and given us a transfusion of entertainment, feel good and self-help sermons that have no power in them. As a result, much of the he felt that much of the organized church in the West was near death, that the draining of the life of God was coming and the churches themselves were dead and cold because they weren't allowing the power and the fire of God that comes through the blood of Jesus to be infused in the meetings and to, to be something that you understand. We are always apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints. That's Ephesians chapter four. We're supposed to tell you what the word says so that you will go forth and do it so that you will preach so that you will lay hands on the sick so that you will use the power of command so that you will operate out of the identity that has been given to you through Jesus and not out of the false identity of who the world thinks you are. Because it's when, when it comes to really operating in the power of God, the world doesn't even see you. They see him. It's always going to point back to Jesus. It's always going to point everything that we say. It's not, oh, I really like this person and the way that they preach and the way. No, you like the way the Holy Spirit is released through the people. But we don't matter. I got to tell you that. It's him. It's always him. If you get anything out of this, if anything that is being said is entering into your ear and piercing you or breaking you free, you got to know that's the power of the blood. That's the power of the spirit of God. That's the power of anointing. That's not me. That's that's always, always, always him. And we won't touch that glory. All right, let me read a couple of other things to you because I just thought that this was so powerful. This is the one I really like. Um, so he, okay, yeah, let's do this one. What he said here, he said, um, when he was talking about, he got a revelation of the blood of Jesus. And he said that the Lord opened my spiritual eyes to see by revelation what I could not see by study alone. Let me read that again. Because he's talking about letting the spirit of God through intimacy, relationship with him. And I'll answer the question somebody has, well, how do I get intimacy? Let me read this again and I'll get to that. It says, the Lord opened my spiritual eyes to see by revelation 
which is a knowing, which is the truth being revealed to you, which is the veil being torn off. To see by revelation what I could not see by study alone. He studied. The Bible tells you in Timothy, study to show yourself approved of God, a workman that need not be ashamed to rightly divide the word of truth. But what happens after you do the studying is you do the meditating. That's when you rest. That's when you sit back and say, okay, Holy Spirit, I just read in the book of John and I just read in the book of Hebrews. I read in the book of Romans or I read Deuteronomy or Leviticus or whatever you read. What was I, what was that about? What do you want to tell me? He's getting, has me on a quest right now in a scripture I quote all the time. He told me not uh, within the last week, he said, you don't really know what that means. And so I'm very excited that I'm about to find out and I'm going to come back and tell you about a passage of scripture that I read and I quote, I've even quoted it to you many times. I've spoken it really and even read it. But he said, but you don't know what it means. See, that is an invitation. He's not telling you, you are ignorant little so-and-so. What he's telling you, me, is I'm inviting you to come into intimacy with me. And I'm going to give you a knowing. I'm going to give you a, a thing where you can settle into this, where this will settle into you, where you'll become one with this word and where you will be changed. Your voice will be changed, your, 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 your demeanor, your encounters. When you use that word, when you speak those words, you're going to emit them with a power that you never had. You've always given it as knowledge, but I want to give you the knowledge of the how the power of those words works, and I want to release it through your voice. That's what he's telling me. So stay tuned, and when I get into it more, then I'll tell you what the scripture is, because you'll it, he will demonstrate it, all right? So in these last few minutes, how do you get intimate? What I just said, it's reading. And then it's setting back. Why don't you just pose a question? You can articulate it out loud. I just read where um, he said in Matthew 4, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Well, what does that really mean? And 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 so that would be where you start wanting to, to talk to him uh, or what does it mean that you were tempted by the devil? Did, did was, Were you really tempted? I mean, what was that like? I asked him one, and I'll, I'll share this one with you. Uh, okay, maybe it was Mark. Um, I asked him one time, I said, so you walked on water. What was that like for you? Because I wanted to know, Jesus, you know, I know what happened with Peter. But I, I want to know, what was it like for you when you walked on water? You know what he told me? He said it was really cool. That's all I wanted to know. I didn't want anything deep. I just was like, you know, you walk through crowds of people that were trying to push you off a cliff. And you raised the dead. And you got to send demons out of places and people and drove them out. And you walked on water. What was it like to walk on water? And I could hear his smile. When he said to me, this is really cool. <laughs> I don't, I'm learning how to swim. I don't swim yet. I think it would be cool to walk on water too. And mayhap, that's something that I'm going to do. I don't have it as a deep goal right now. But you see, the thing about it is that if I wanted to do it, I know he could teach me. If if Peter could do it, I can. It was, it was available. It's, as I said, it's not something I have a desire to do. But if I wanted to, do you know that I could talk to him? And he'd let me know what he has in mind for me. What I'm saying is, 
The blood of Jesus opens the gateway for us to ask for impossible things because they're possible with God. And I want you to hear that. So do you believe what it says about you? Do you, do you know what he says about you? Do you hear it speaking in your life? It's very imperative that you hear the blood of Jesus speaking in your life. Here's my last few questions because I'm asking a lot of questions and I'm, I believe one of the ministers will pose the questions or I'll make, I'll make these particular slides available. I'll, I'll put these up on the website uh, within the next week. I don't promise to do it right away, but you can just go back to this video and when I'm ready, when, when they're available, the link will show up in the comments under this particular one. This is uh, session three or se yeah, session two, segment number three. So when the notes are there, these questions, or I'll just put, or maybe we'll just make it really easy and we'll just pose the questions right there on Facebook. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but they will come that I promise, but I got to go home first. So I travel tomorrow. Okay. Um, do you know where and how the blood speaks in your life? Because his precious blood, in its, it, it, his blood is precious in its power to redeem us from sin. So what is it saying about that? How does it sound? How does, what is the sound of redemption uh, from sin, from the sins that you encounter? His blood is precious in its power to cleanse you from. Let's bring it home now. Let's not just say sin in this big general statement. And yes, I'll explain that too. That, let me finish here. His blood is precious in its power to cleanse you from the sins that have been afflicting you. His blood is precious in its power to redeem you from the sins that have been kicking your tail. His blood is precious in its power to grant you entrance into the things of God. That's really what we wanted to talk about. And divine revelation of the blood, which is what we were talking about, opens our ears and our eyes to see and hear what the blood speaks of itself and then what it speaks of you. So divine revelation is God's revealing to us of heaven's point of view. Every time he opens up his word and shows us what it means, he is telling us how things are seen from heaven. And he's saying that our spiritual eyes are opened to see by revelation what we cannot see by study alone, his point of view. So I'm going to leave it there and just let you know that um, I'm having a very good time. I almost feel like I need to spread this one out to six sessions because I don't even know how far I've gotten in the notes, but I know I'm at 34 minutes and 17 seconds and counting. So we're going to end this segment and I'll see you back here for segment number four in just a few minutes. Lindsay Lee, the power-filled voice of the blood of Jesus.